ended up being really good. We only had two suits because I was worried about, you know, scraping knees and, and, and sort of ruining this. I was, I was most worried about Jennifer Bryant, who makes my suits, <laughs> um, having, a, having a shit fit of, of me, like, you know, ripping them because the suits are worth more than me on the show, monetarily, <laughs> without a doubt. So. Please enjoy the show. Let's, I get corrected by it. So let's 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 get this started out correctly, just so there's uh there's a frame of reference. Mm-hmm. After after our conversation mm-hmm. for the last preview at the prior with that didn't make it, uh, Dave and I I asked Dave to stay on, and we told our version of the story of North Carolina. <laughs> so we wanted you to be on, so you can tell your version of the story separately. Ah, um. Man, I, I don't know. From from what I remember is uh, I threw, it was really early and I was really drunk and I threw um, a jug of wine off a balcony into an intersection. And then the police came and said we could not stay there. <laughs> and then at some point I passed out and I woke up and Jeff said, um, hey, uh, it's time to play. Guess what state we're in? And I thought of like one state that there was no chance we could possibly be in. So I picked West Virginia and sure as shit, we were somehow in West Virginia. <laughs> yep. The, the last place on earth. Right. Because I was like, okay, well, if, if we're heading back to Illinois, right, there's no reason why we would go towards West Virginia and West Virginia is so small that the, the chances of us landing in like this little like quasi state <laughs> It'd be very, very minimal, but we were. And I remember we were like down this dark road and it was like a, it was like one, like a steel shed that was a gas station, <laughs> like with, yep. two, like with two pumps. And there, it was like in the movies, like when you see like a desert road and there's just like the one stoplight over the uh, phone booth, that's how it was. Like, I remember it just being super, I don't even know how you found that road. I don't even know how you got off the highway too. Cause it's not like it was like down a frontage road. No, it was highway. an exit. It was like it the- was a legit ass exit because we had to get gas. Mm-hmm. So it advertised gas. So we left the interstate. How far from the interstate then- did you have to drive in to get to the <laughs> to the uh, gas station? Um, n- not too far because it's West Virginia, so it was all full of mountains. So mm-hmm. we took the interstate, and then the exit was a ramp down. Ah, went into a valley. Ah, that so makes sense. even if you woke up out of your stupor and saw stuff, you wouldn't have been able to necessarily see the inner. We couldn't see the interstate. We couldn't see anything because the interstate went up over a mountain. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. We, we uh, well, I don't know how far Dave wants to get into it. We started. Yes, Dave, we can hear you, by the way. I know you're testing things. Uh, when Dave and I talked about it, we started from the very beginning mm-hmm. and told the whole story of the weekend, why we were there, what we did up until we were 
politely asked to leave to yeah. say. Yeah. Awesome. And then uh, until we got home. Hold on one sec. Pause. All right. Dave's back on. Awesome. Well, okay. well that was fun. You know, I wanted to, uh, to check out that school and then uh, it was just kind of a convenient place to stay. They were, they were like doing cocaine or something, weren't they? Like, weren't, uh, yes. Like, that weren't the girls was doing cocaine and we were just kind of like, all right, well. Just- yes, they were doing cocaine, and we were kind of just like not comfortable with it. Yeah, yeah, we were sitting, we were sitting in their living room while them and like six or eight of their friends were all sitting on their dining room table doing lines. <laughs> yeah, and I, I, I remember, I remember the super hot chick came over, and you were like, "I got some blow," and she got way too excited about it, and we we're all just kind of like, "Yeah, and uh, you're way too excited to hear about some free cocaine, there, girl." <laughs> so funny, so funny. All right, so what? Uh, what? Uh, uh, see, and then I remember West. Vir- Did I fall asleep after the gas station in West Virginia? Because uh, I don't remember any. Do, of do you remember driving through any other state? No, sure don't. I mean, I don't either. But I was technically awake. I was like in North Carolina, <laughs> and then I was in West Virginia, and uh, apparently I was home. <laughs> I don't really. Well, uh, you woke up partway through Ohio. Uh huh. It was, we were like halfway through Ohio. Okay. Cutting on 74 or whatever that is that cuts through there. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. Uh, you woke up and then you offered to drive and then you fell back asleep immediately. <laughs> and then you woke you, and then you woke back up uh in Indiana someplace. I remember we were in we were on the loop around Indianapolis uh-huh. cutting through and you yes, you you did the same thing and you offered to drive because I think I was driving for a little bit. At that time. <laughs> and then you were like, oh, yeah, cool. And you wanted breakfast, and then you fell back asleep. Nice. Nice. Well, I, you, you know, uh, man, I must have drank a lot more, a lot more than I realized, because I, I typically don't do that, right? Like, I typically, I typically, um, you know, I... Vandalized I, property? <laughs> I don't know if that was the first time you did that or yeah. not. Well, actually, yes, that is a very typical move. Yeah. Uh, I... Sometimes I break stuff. <laughs> shit happens. Shit happens when you park. It's like a Limp Biscuit song. But like even even if I, yeah, but I fall asleep. So you gotta be careful though. You gotta be careful though, because um the phrase party is what got us into the situation. Because they asked if we like to party, and we were like, Yeah, we like to get drunk and have fun. <laughs> but party means something else. Part of them at a different uh, circle. Yes, a completely different party. They meant like <laughs> real parties, like T V parties. Like rock star party, mm-hmm. yes. It's funny because I sorry, Brian. I can't wait till my children become of age, and um, and I get to tell them all these stories, <laughs> or or have everybody <laughs> else tell them for me. Just so. well, remember the internet's in ink, so they could, they might stumble across your podcast. <laughs> That's true. That's true. <laughs> Probably will. You know, another another uh, ridiculous uh, uh, story from my past that I had to explain to my daughter, my five-year-old daughter this weekend, was uh, the time I got sprayed by a skunk. <laughs> Do you remember that, Jeff? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> I remember that. And, yes. you know, to a little kid, they can't fathom that. They're like, like you got sprayed by a skunk? And I'm like, yeah, it stunk super bad. <laughs> yeah, and, but people were chasing me with squirt guns. Yeah, I had to get out horrible. of there, which is the hardest part to explain. <laughs> because <laughs> because as a bunch of twenty year old dorks, we were chasing each other with squirt guns. I stepped on a skunk and got sprayed. But the weird thing about getting sprayed by a skunk is, 
And because we were chasing each other with squirt guns like a bunch of idiots, um, I didn't realize I was sprayed. Right. I guess uh, to preface or to put context with this for people who are listening mm-hmm. is uh, we we were in fraternity, which has been mentioned on our family of podcasts, and we played a game called Assassins. And during certain hours of the week, it was pretty much what was it Sunday after seven through Thursday at five. Uh, you had a person that you had to kill, quote unquote, and that was squirt them with water throw a water bottle on them, something like that. And then they had to tell you who they had to kill. And it, it was a whittle down type game to see who's right. left. Right. Um, we it, were at a bar at, that had a, we had a party at every Wednesday and we were there and it was indoors. So we, you weren't allowed to do it indoors. You could only do it outside. So we all had to try to leave and we all had to try to leave and pretty much start sprinting down the street or <laughs> have a car waiting for us to dive in the window or things like that because we were idiots and took it way too seriously for what it is. So well, yeah, it would have turned into a reservoir dog situation. It, and many a time it did. I remember camping out in a car. I camped out in the back of a guy's car for six hours. Mm-hmm, that's very waiting true. for him to show up. That's very true because he left his doors unlocked. Mm-hmm. That's so. more like some Mike Ermintrout shit than a Reservoir Dogs thing, but it'd be amazing. Like but people that, would set traps, and they or they would <laughs> or they would pay. I, they would pay. was I? I think I was involved in a few of those traps. I didn't play the game. For the record, I wasn't a member of the fraternity as much as I hung out there, and I was not a part of this game. But I think I was involved in some traps by you fuckers at some point. Uh, probably. That makes sense. I, I mean, if people would pay like third party people to you know, eliminate other people. So that they would like outsource the game to like some <laughs> asshole in their class because like, who, who would you, you know, you know, suspect you right. Like, right. You, you know, everybody suspect. Right. Everybody. And that's how, and that's like- how it would be. You'd walk around campus and you look like an idiot because you're, you're like, anytime somebody look at you cross-eyed, you would kind of just run out of what you thought that their <laughs> squirt gun range might be. It became the most fraternity was, Yes, it became the most isolation game for a group of friends ever, especially at the end. <laughs> like you didn't you didn't leave. You didn't go eat. You didn't go you didn't walk to class ever. And right. you staked out parking spots. You had your friends stake out parking spots for you if they could or would or you'd pay them to. Mm-hmm. I mean, you it was it was hilariously cutthroat for and, and I think at the end you won like fifty dollars. Right. Or, <laughs> You're right. right. <laughs> something year- stupid. One year I was one of the last three and I remember um, I was one of the last three and I remember it got to the point where, you know, cause the last three would have to kill each other. So, you know, two of them would have to at least, or, you know, like two of them would have to be eliminated and right. um, Mexican standoff style. Right. It'd be funny because you'd be standing out of what you thought was squirt gun range or enough to dodge. Should somebody try to squirt you with a squirt gun and, uh-huh. You you try to be like yelling truces with each other across the parking lot, just so you could get on with your normal day. You'd be like, "Come on, dude! Like, I really gotta go meet my professor." And then the other person will be like, "All right, I'll give you five seconds to run out of gun range." <laughs> you know, but then it was like, "Are they right. gonna be? Are they gonna be um, a, a man of honor and and hold to their to their, or are they gonna you know jump the gun and squirt you anyway?" Like it, it was ridiculous. Right. Like I remember seriously. Like sitting in the window of uh, the fraternity house, negotiating with somebody uh, whether or not I could go to my car so I could go to fucking work. <laughs> like, 
Like, I was like <laughs> yeah. come on, dude. Like, my shift starts in like half an hour. I have to go to work. But that's where Dave said it was like Mike Ehrmantraut type shit, where we started knowing each other's schedules down to a T on mm-hmm. certain days. So we could stake <laughs> out, skip class, and just stake out outside of a building or do something like that. It, it, it was Ridiculous. so ridiculously cutthroat the entire time. It was just, it, it was fun. I, I won't say it wasn't awesome. fun. Yeah, it was, it, was, it was a lot of intensity for very little incentive <laughs> right like there was no <laughs> exactly. real there was no real danger but the absolute worst thing that could have happened is is getting squirt by a squirt gun it, it was it was it was fun <laughs> right. so anyway we're, we're and at- the prize was minimal at best mm-hmm. yeah like right. it was literally like 30 bucks it was so stupid i it, i think the bragging rights was way more than the money yeah, ever exactly. would have been so i like uh dart out of this bar and i'm just running for dear life and uh, this uh, this kid named Nick, I'm not going to say his last name, had me. So he started chasing me. And there's a railroad track with a high like gravel embankment. And I'm like, well, fuck it. I'll just run up the embankment. So as I'm running up the embankment, I, uh, I hear something scatter underneath my feet. But I thought it was like a loose twig or something I stepped on. And I feel getting squirted. And I'm like, oh, fuck. Like, all right, you got me. So like, and I remember walking towards this Nick guy. Because I thought he squirt me, and he and he keeps squirting me with the squirt gun. I'm like, okay, fucker, you got me. Like it's cold. <laughs> like good, I'm out. Yeah, right. right. Stop. But what really happened was the skunk squirted me, so I stopped running, and then he was actually killing me legit as I was walking towards him. <laughs> so to him, he's probably like, oh, you know, uh, Brian doesn't want to play the game anymore, so he's just kind of like suiciding himself just by walking towards me. So, so like it, it, now we're only like a block and a half away from home, maybe two blocks at most. And we're walking down the street and we're like, man, that fucking stinks. Like this is some car must've ran over a skunk or something. We thought it was a car and this is going on for a while. We're walking like two blocks and we end up sitting. Um, we, we illegally, we illegally dug a fire pit in the side yard of the fraternity house. Remember that Jeff? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, and we were sitting around this fire pit, and everybody's like, man, that fucking skunk smell. And we were all like, man, it must have been a big big skunk. It was nauseating. Yeah. It was nauseating how concentrated it <laughs> right. was. And then, I don't even remember who it was. Somebody just goes, oh, my God, it's you. And, like, pointed towards me, and I'm like, shit, like, that is me. Like, I got sprayed by, by a fucking skunk. So I take off my shirt. And everything, and I throw it in the fire right there, which just makes it worse because all it does is just like burns, <laughs> humigates it, burns the skunky yep. shirt, and like spreads it outside. Right. So now it's funny because now I live in a house with fifty other guys. I have to go to work, and I have to go to school, and I smell like a skunk. So- and also, let's <laughs> remind you that I was I was I your roommate at the time. Uh, I think no, you were with Dan. Yeah, I was with Dan. But you and yeah. I, we were still hetero life mates. <laughs> yes. Well, always. Well, yeah. always. For, for life. <laughs> um, so then, of course, you know, uh, people are like, well, what the fuck are you going to do? You can't. They, they actually told me, like, you can't sleep in the house. And I was like, well, all you have to do then is physically remove me from the house because this is funny. <laughs> right. Because this is funny to me that you guys now have to put up with this. Right. But I, <laughs> exactly. But I did. I opened. I I threw open the challenge. Like all you have to do is physically remove me from the house, and I won't sleep in the house. So, um, 
So, you know, they, they tell you to take, you know, like scrub off with tomato paste and tomato yeah. sauce. So yeah. I, yeah. I went to the local Kroger and I just bought a ton of this shit and for, and like a, like a scrub brush, like not a loofah, but like, it was like a really coarse, like scrub brush. I don't even know if it was like, like a, a wool, like I, a Libman brand. Yeah. I don't even know if it was like a scrub brush scrub for brush. dishes that are made in Rantoul, Illinois. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Nice. And nice. so I'm like scrubbing and like, you know, I like, uh, back then I used to shave my head. So I shaved all my, you know, like bicked my head and I was just scrubbing until my, my skin was raw with this tomato paste for over an hour. And, uh, when I stepped out, uh, I still stunk, but now the smell was carried in steam through the bathroom and through the top floor of the fraternity house where the steam would roll out the bathroom door and into other people's rooms. So I, I infected yes. the entire fraternity house for a good week there with my skunk smell. It was, there it was, go. that's a fantastic story <laughs> that we all had to live I'd, through. I'd... Yes. Yeah, when I was on that film set last weekend, like some skunk stories came up, and I was thinking the whole time, like, I know a guy. Yeah, right. <laughs> I, I, I didn't tell the story. I knew the story, but I didn't tell it because I just didn't feel like telling a story at that moment. But I was just thinking in my head, like, yeah, I fucking remember that. You know, <laughs> what What always amuses me uh, about, you know, like, I don't think I'm anything special or I have any great experiences in, you know, like crazy experiences in life. But I feel like, like ridiculous shit always happens to me that probably wouldn't happen to the normal person, it, like, or like if I were to ever break a bone, it couldn't be that I just like stub my toe on the corner of a door or something like that. It ha- it have to be some <laughs> ridiculous story how like a piano fell out of an airplane and landed on my foot or or something silly. And I will say you are you have had your fair share of unique experiences that all of us have also had to live through with you. <laughs> like I don't like, un- Yeah. I've never met another person in the world that has been sprayed by a skunk. Never met a single other person. No, cuz even these stories people were telling us all like their dogs or their cats and shit. It wasn't even people getting sprayed. Yeah, no. Yeah, and think about <laughs> and think about like where we live where you're in Illinois and where Illinois State University is <laughs> right. You know, like there, it's it's fairly populated, right? It's absolutely populated. It's not, like, and mm. but I mean, but it's still wilderness. But uh, the you fact still, that we don't know skunks. the fact that outside of you, we don't know anyone in our fr- group of friends in our circle that has been sprayed by a skunk, except for you, an actual person. <laughs> I believe <laughs> is a testament to your life. Yeah. <laughs> It's uh, it's my legacy. <laughs> it's my. Mm-hmm. It's gonna say that on my grave one day. Brian Flood died of ass cancer once sprayed by a skunk, mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, it, it's mm-hmm. nice to know that my family can, uh, you know, when they visit my grave, they can reflect on, on your that ancestors. Yes, yeah, yeah, your ancestors when they're researching that on ancestry.com mm-hmm. can find your grave. <laughs> you know, and I've I've done some ancestry.com, and uh, it, it's going to be great when you go through my my family chain, right? Because it's going to say, um, you know, like we we had the Duke of Wellington, who's related to me somehow, and there's like the Flood House or something in London. It's it's like named after our family. And then, like, you go lower, and at one point, we actually had a relative named Boomer Jenks who fought in the Revolutionary War. Uh, and then, okay. and then uh, me, sprayed by a skunk. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's, uh, it's a proud, 
what a legacy. Yeah. <laughs> what a family legacy. I'm having crazy deja vu right now, sitting in front of this computer, and we're talking about a guy running in shorts. Just wanted to say nice. that. Throw that out there. I'm, this is a crazy deja vu moment. Hey, man, deja vu means you're on the right track. That's the way I look at it lately. Deja, deja vu weirds me out because I actually experience it kind of frequently. And so, like, mm-hmm. I do too. I'll constantly get feelings that I've, I've done it before. And I'll, like, it probably, like, I feel like. It's mushrooms flashbacks. Something. Like, I feel like I know <laughs> a mushroom. Uh, I feel like I know what's, what's coming next and then it'll happen when in reality it's probably mm-hmm. just like the neurons are firing instantaneously in my brain. So I'm just kind of experiencing what I'm experiencing in real time. But for some reason, I think I'm predicting it, you know? But yeah, right. I've had that happen. It, it, but it freaks me out. And so I'll just grab something random like a pen and throw it across the room. <laughs> my wife will be like, dude. I was just going to say that. Either you got that from me or I got that from you because I did that for a long time too. Yeah, you got it. And people will be like, what the hell? Like, I'll just, yeah, I'll just grab something and throw it or I'll say something weird and be like, what the fuck? And I was like, ah, it's deja vu. I had to break it. Yeah, you have to break it. I do the the opposite. I try to stay still and just live it out Mm. and see what happens. (laughs) You watch that black cat. uh, Yeah. And, and you know, if that, if that thing happens, that happens to that dream, then it's probably sexy. First of all. Right. Yeah. And, (laughs) (laughs) uh, and then after that. Maybe maybe it'd just be fun. I don't know, because I don't remember, because it was probably part of a dream or something sometime. Do you ever get that where you, like, half wake up, and but it doesn't wake you up, so you it's still part of the dream? The alarm going off and stuff like that, and you think you get up, uh-huh. and you go downstairs, and then the alarm goes off again, and you actually are still in bed? Not where, like, no, I've never had it where I've been, like, moving around thinking I'm awake. I've definitely no. tried to get back to my dream. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a frustrating experience. <laughs> <laughs> There's no conclusion. <laughs> it's been canceled too soon. What is it called when you're uh, when you're in control? Lucid. Lucid dream. That's the worst. You have a lucid dream, but then when you go back to it, it's not lucid anymore. Yeah, it's just kind of there. Yeah. Yeah. The worst. Ah. <sighs> All I want to do is sleep and analyze my dreams. <laughs> I, actually, I thought about keeping doing the notepad thing. I've only had one dream in recent, like the last, like this year. I can only remember one dream I've had. It was two days ago. No. All right then. I hear you. I hear you can't snore and dream at the same time, and I snore pretty bad, so I like it when I dream. Cause that means I wasn't snoring. That would make sense. I've started snoring, and I think it's because I'm getting fatter. All right. Yeah. That just for the record, that wasn't Patrick Fabian. That was actually my wife. Oh. <laughs> no. Okay. Somebody. Somebody I I also love uh, dearly. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. We're just talking about dreams. Talking about dreams? Yeah, I dreamt two days ago, and that's the first time I've dreamt in months. See, that's we. I have really vivid dreams, and I, I do the thing where I'll I'll dream something really vividly, and nothing looks like inconspicuous, right? So, like in my dream, I have a conversation with my wife in my house that looks exactly like my house, and I feel like I can smell exactly how my house smells and hear exactly how my house 
sounds, and, mm-hmm. and then I'll wake up, and my wife and I will be having coffee as we're on our way out the door, and I'll be like, uh, well, yeah, so I'll go ahead and I'll get the, uh, you know, the new part for the washer machine on my way home from work. <laughs> and Crystal will be like, the washing machine's broke? I'm like, yeah, we last night we had a huge conversation about this while we were watching uh, TV. And she's like, dude, that's a brand new washing machine. What's broke on it? I'm like, I, I don't know. Like, <laughs> like, I'm like, I wrote the part down. And then it's like when I start getting into specifics, like whatever the subject is, that's when I realized like, oh, shit, like none of that happened. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't you do that with a, an interview schedule one time? Like, you're like, oh, I must have dreamt that. Yeah, probably. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, um, one of uh, one of my reoccurring dreams that I always have for some reason is that, that I have some sort of like crazy math homework, like from my MBA, you know, due <laughs> in the math morning, homework. but but I haven't done it, right? Like, so I got to yeah. get up early, like three hours ahead of my normal schedule and do it. So I'll wake up. And panicking that, oh, shit, I really need to get that assignment done. And then I'm like, wait a minute, I, I got my MBA like a few years ago. What the fuck? <laughs> I've panicking never... about. But there will be a good, like, 15 minutes after I wake up, though, where I'll either be confused or swear that it happened because I, I dream so vividly. That's weird. Like, I've had some vivid dreams, but they're usually pretty mm, abstract, so I never mistake them for mm-hmm. reality. And um, I yeah. never have the panic dream. I'll have like horror movie dreams where I'm scared of the environment or something, but not mm-hmm. the dream where I have to get something done or the like naked in the classroom. You know, mm-hmm. I never had a falling yeah. dream. I haven't had the nudity ones. I've had ones where I'm definitely like, panicking, though. Like I'll wake up in a sweat and then feel like I have to go do something until I kind of come out of it yeah. and realize. This so. Is- I might have, I might have told the story before, but I have a reoccurring dream that I've managed to control, like you know, like dream lucidly, mm-hmm. uh-huh. and at the same time, um, experience sleep paralysis. And to this day, it almost gives me a panic attack thinking about it. So basically, sleep paralysis is jacked up, man. You, you've lived in a uh, Nightmare on Elm Street movie, basically. I did, <laughs> and I'll. I'll tell you all about it after our uh, interview with Patrick Fader. Jeff and Dave, Patrick Fabian is on the Someone Important Hotline. Patrick, thanks for joining us again. Hey, Patrick. Absolutely. I love being on the Someone Important Hotline. (laughs) (laughs) What's up, Patrick? Patrick is now... Excellent. We're doing great. Patrick, I think you're now tied with uh, uh, comedian Owen Benjamin as a person who's uh, wasted enough, wasted the most time speaking with us. So congratulations <laughs> to that. You know what? I'll, I'll take that honor. Does it come with a, with a paper cap or a crown of some sorts? I would imagine somewhere along the line. There's got to be something left over from Chuck E. Cheese's or Medieval Times you guys got lying around the house, right? Yeah. I, I think I have, you know, a plastic, a, I have a plastic submarine, submarine from the Museum of Science and Industry I can send your way. <laughs> I, we are um me and my wife we are moving uh houses so we're packing up the old house and i found like a big wad of uh, mardi gras bees from like 1998 which we don't have any idea where they came from because i have i've never been to mardi gras especially not in high school so i could probably send those to you if you like 
You know, you just said Mardi Gras beads and already my shirt's off. So I'm doing this interview topless. <laughs> oh, I know. Fantastic. This is why we should have done the video chat, Dave. You need to get that all set up and ready to go. <laughs> Next time. Nothing excites women more than 50-year-old men taking their shirts off. <laughs> you, know, you know, it's funny you bring that up. Dave and I a while ago did an interview with Billy Presida from the Man Horror Podcast, and uh, he was shirtless when he came on the video chat. It was, it was, uh, it was really? kind of awkward. Yeah. Like, you know, that's, right. that's bold and a little alarming all at the same time. Yeah, nipple game was on point though. He he was he owned it. All right. Unfortunately, we don't have the ability to podcast the video, so the video is always lost. It's just the audio that we share. Yeah. That was more for just for us. You have to take my word for it. It was glorious. It was, <laughs> so I so, um, mean Instagram of it. Yeah. Patrick, um, uh, season three. Uh, wonderful job so far in season three. I've I've seen the first two episodes, but I don't think Dave or Jeff has yet. Uh, so I'm probably going to leave them in, in the dark talking a little bit. But um, one thing I have to say uh, that I love about uh, Howard Hamlin is uh, his Superman stance. <laughs> Whenever he's standing, it's always very proper and like arms to the side, like just ready to rock. Well, you know, some people say it's ready to rock. It, it's Howard's version of being a predator animal, I think. Uh, other people would say it's it's what people look like when they have a stick up their ass. So it all depends <laughs> on what your perspective is. Um, in episode two, and this isn't really a spoiler, guys, but in episode two, uh, there's a scene where you're hopping over fences and you're running through backyards. Um, did you did did you uh, do all that yourself? Did you hop the fence and run through the yard? Let, let's call it what, gentlemen. Let's call it was. Did I d attempt those dangerous stunts all on mm -hmm. my own? Exactly. exactly. Right. Uh, yeah. Yes, I, I, I did. Um, and it's funny because uh, you know when they've written it in, you know they actually give me a call out at the beginning, say like, "Hey, we might having you do this these things," and I was like, "Well, sure. That that's that seems like no problem." But it's a fair <laughs> question because they're like, "You're going to be in your suit," and I'm like, "Oh, right." And they're like, you know. Uh, in the end, when we started doing it, and this is blowing my own horn a little bit, but uh, Vince was like, he goes, now remember, he goes, I know you do triathlons and you're actually in shape. We, we, we can't have, we can't have you just vault over them like it's the Olympics. <laughs> right? and, and I thought that was really cute because then we go standing next to this wall and I'm like, it's like a seven foot concrete wall or an eight foot concrete wall. I'm like, what do you think I'm going to vault over? Are you out of your mind? <laughs> so... Uh, it ended up being really good. We only had two suits because I was worried about, you know, scraping knees and, and, and sort of bruises. I was, I was most worried about Jennifer Bryant, who makes my suits, <laughs> um, having, a, having a shit fit of, of me, like, you know, ripping them. Because the suits are worth more than me on the show, monetarily, <laughs> without a doubt. So. But I have I, to say, it was, it was, even on the day, it was sort of ridiculous because I was, I was literally like, well, Howard's going over the wall and doing this thing. So I was just doing, yeah, I'm just doing my thing. You know, I thought, well, this is an easy day, right? I have no, there's no acting involved. I'm literally just having to vault walls and go. And uh, Video Village was cracking up. And I was like, what's so funny? And they're like, oh, it's, it's funny watching you come over a wall. <laughs> I'm, curious to, I'm curious to see the final results. I know there was a little bit in the trailer that's already out. And, uh, and some people on the interweb have already gotten very excited about wanting to make some sort of meme out of it. So we'll, we'll see. We'll see exactly what goes on. Well, I, I can say personally that it came out really well. And I love at the end, you know, Howard, because like I said, I always interpret the character as um, not really so much cocky, just always in game mode, just like ready to go, you know, like with the Superman stances. And I, I loved after like it was like the second or third wall or 
however many number of wolves it was, uh, he just instantly went back to, you know, like straight in the suit, like, all right, business over. And then just continues on his, on his way. It was very Terminator esque. <laughs> no, 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 you know, what? there's a bit of an apex predator in him without a doubt. And also, you know, given, uh, we can, can we talk about the episode a little bit? I'm fine. Yeah, right? I'm going to watch it tonight. So, and I've seen the first one. So, yeah, okay, great. Well, then, I, I'm, I'm not too much. Uh, this is more just tonally. Um, I find it very interesting that um, he's willing to go to those lengths. The reason he's doing the wall stuff is still is still in deference to Chuck. He's still indebted or obligated or respects or whatever you want to do, whatever his obligation is to Chuck, is still so intact that he is willing to do that kind of action in that kind of suit. And so by the time he gets over the final wall, you're right. He immediately sort of like puts that, unpleasantness of, of wall vaulting behind him <laughs> straightens the suit and it's time to get the business because then the business at hand is almost in direct um, uh, opposition to the action that he's taken, right? Mm-hmm. He's gone to right. great lengths to appease Chuck, but instead he's actually delivering news to Chuck that is not appeasing him. So mm-hmm. I find it interesting that, you know, the writers gave me this sort of great gift and a bit of insight of saying like, well, if you're going to deliver this particular news that may or may, that may not sit well with Chuck, then why are you deferring to him in your method of getting to his house? And the fact <laughs> is, he, you know what I mean, right? right. You just you just drive up and come to the front door, but he doesn't. And I think yeah, that, right. that is very much a key and a clue into what he thinks about Chuck or what he thinks he owes Chuck. Mm. Yeah, and. Uh- the beauty of episode two, there's actually quite a bit of like actual comedy in it. And what I loved about that particular scene coming over the walls and such is when it's all said and done, I was like, I looked at my wife, uh, cause she watches it with me. I'm like, uh, that was a, I'm like, was that unnecessary that he chose that route to get there? <laughs> like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, so I don't know if it was necessarily unnecessary, but it, like, it makes you question that. Like you said, like just, uh, the way that it plays out is, is, is absolutely beautiful and uh, and very oh, well thanks. done. I'm glad, you, I, I'm glad you like that. And also on a, on a practical note, when you know Vince called, he goes, "Yeah, so we're going to be doing this." And I see the schedule, and I'm like, "Well, this is me hopping over a wall. How fucking long could this possibly take?" And they've got like six hours scheduled out. And I'm like, "What the hell?" <laughs> and 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 then we get there, and it it dawns on me: one, you're working with Vince Gilligan, the director, who's meticulous and detail oriented. You know, he wants to shoot it from the squirrel's point of view. You know what I mean? Right. And so he's not even sure how he's going to capture it on the day. Like he has an idea, absolutely, of what he sort of thinks he wants. But he's always open to once you stand in the space, you know, wherever the muses take you. Yeah. And um, so all of a sudden, it was like you know, a camera is up in a jungle gym. It's sitting next to a rose bush, <laughs> <laughs> and it gets said, "Are you okay on doing this?" I'm like, "Yeah, I'm fine on doing this." And so once once you stake that claim and put plant that flag of like. Dude, I totally got this. It's just a wall vault. And then you realize about, oh, 10, 15 takes in, you're like, oh, my uh, my arms are fucking hurting. <laughs> 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 but you can't back down. Now that, you know, now you're the asshole in the suit who said, no, no, I'm fine. So uh, <laughs> it, it ended up being a really, really fun morning. So um, last time we chatted, we, we brought up the question to you, uh, who is the, uh, the second Hamlin? Do you think we're ever going to find that out? Um, you know, uh, that, that remains to be seen. And, uh, I, I still, uh, I still have my opinions about who that should be. 
<laughs> um, you know, there's, there's, there's lots happening this season. So you, you, mm-hmm. you never know. We all want to know who that, who that second H is, is just as long as he doesn't take any of my money. That's the way I look at it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that sounds right. Fair, fair enough. And then, uh, the, the last thing I had for you is, uh, last time we spoke, when you got on the phone, your, your children were wreaking havoc. So just on a personal note, how's the, uh, how's the family? How's the wife and kids? Oh, you know, my four and six year old daughter, they don't have any opinions about anything. It's really great. When daddy speaks, that's the final word in the house. (laughs) 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 I was just, this is how my life is right now. Uh, It's spring break for the kids and uh, they almost got into a fist fight deciding if we were going to go see Boss Baby or Beauty and the Beast today. And I was (laughs) suggesting going to the beach. And they were like, no! And I'm like, oh, that's great. I've raised children that scream at the idea of going into nature. Good for me. (laughs) (laughs) But they're great. My wife's great. She's a a writer-director, so she's out pitching TV. We're doing a short film uh, this weekend at the house. So it's a very busy artistic house. The kids might actually be in the movie this time. So... um, Ooh, so we'll see. It's, cool. it, it's all good. It's all good. I got no no complaints. Well, uh, great. Uh, you know, I'm glad to hear everything's going great. And, uh, you know, once again, great performance so far in uh, season two from what I've seen. And I know uh, Dave had uh, a question for you about some of your other projects. Yeah, I was wondering if yeah, we sure. could uh, discuss Driver X at all. I see you've been promoting that a lot. And uh looks like it's oh, finishing you know, development. Driver X, uh, hopefully, we're, we're going to be getting into the L.A. Film Festival. We are waiting on the word this this week, as a matter of fact, nice. and then in which case we would have the premiere there, which would be great. So film is locked. It's been sweetened. It's been a long process because it's a low budget film. And so, you know, people have other jobs in between mm-hmm. and all that sort of thing. But uh, I saw the latest cut. and It's been interesting watching it because one of our first cuts was a director's cut. I eat very bloated. We kept sort of everything in. And it was long. It was like, you know, almost two and a half hours. Like Ooh. we were making some sort of French student film from 1968. We're like, <laughs> look, I, I, like looking, I like looking at me, but not even for two and a half hours. And so uh, you bring an outside editor in to sort of take a look at the pile of what you have. And it was interesting to have some new eyes come in and be like, oh, I know you think your movie's this, but your movie's actually this. Right. And so now we've got a cut that's about 90 minutes. It's, it's sharp. It's fast. It's good. It's got good music. And, uh, and I'm really thrilled. So, I'm hoping the premiere is going to be the LA Film Festival sometime in June, but I can't say or announce that officially uh, at least for like another week and a half. Um, if not, then we're moving on to some other distri- distributors that we have it lined up. So cool. it's all going good, and it's looking good, and it's finally found itself uh, a good size and a good good running time. Awesome, yeah. Hope, well, that's that as well. That's wonderful. I, I hope uh, when it has a proper release and everything is all set and, and, and you're off and running with it, you know, I hope you come back on our uh, Nothing Important podcast and uh, chat about it with us. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. But, but on a side note, I just got back from Vancouver working on a show called Lucifer, which is on Fox. Oh, yeah. Yes. Um, okay. okay. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't know about it because, you know, I, I got, you know, young kids. So I know about Jake and the Neverland Pirates. But <laughs> I guess Lucifer has been on. It, it, it's part of the Marvel Universe. And so I, I went up there blind, not knowing anything about it. And they are such a fun cast. I had such a blast. And the show just got picked up for 22 more episodes. And nice. so they're thrilled. All Tom right. Ellis plays Lucifer, and he's great. And I got a big, big, fat uh, guest star in every scene in, in the episode. And uh, I'm not sure when that's coming out. It may come out sometime in May or June. Um, I'm not sure of their, their schedule. But uh, uh, it's Lucifer, and, and, uh, and I'm in it, and I'm really thrilled Awesome. Wonderful. Follow-up question. And just, <laughs> go ahead, Dave. Follow-up <laughs> question. Have you heard Disturbed's cover of Sound of Silence? 
Okay. I can't say that I have. Okay. <laughs> okay. We were discussing this earlier, and I said that we should ask you about it. <laughs> so I'd be the one, I would be the one who knows. This so, is a tiebreaker. Uh, it, yeah, that's all. So, I, I work in a I work in an office space with a with a bunch of different lawyers and such, and uh, that's actually where I'm recording right now. And every once in a while, somebody will see me with a microphone at work and stuff, and they ask what I do. And uh, yeah, I'm, so like it, it's now out in the open that that I do these podcasts because I, I usually used to never let anybody know, but now everybody around here knows. And uh, I was like, oh well, I got to go take my lunch break because we're gonna chat with uh, Patrick Fabian uh, from Better Call Saul. And uh, one of the random interns goes, Patrick Fabian, wasn't that guy on Saved by the Bell? And you were on Saved by the Bell. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm Professor Lasky for a lot of people until I'm dead. As a matter of fact, when I die, on my tombstone, it will say, he kissed Kelly Kapowski. That's pretty much it. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, I believe the math works out. You were 29 What's that? Well, you, you were 29 20? and she was 19. So how awesome was that? If you're trying to get if you're trying to get a, a, a half chub while talking to me, go right ahead. Yes, yeah, so <laughs> right. 29. <laughs> and it was legal, FYI, for anybody who's listening in case the feds or the NSA. Thought that, uh, yeah. uh, yes, I did. As a matter of fact, uh, and there was, uh, you know, I, I'm on the show. And I, I get all this, uh, I can't believe I haven't told you this before. So I get on the show and they air a couple of episodes and I start getting like garbage bags full of mail that say, you're so cute, Professor Lasky. I love your hair, <laughs> Professor Lasky. I want to be an anthropology, Professor Lasky. And then I kiss Kelly Kapowski, Tiffany Amber Thiessen on the show. <laughs> and of course that breaks up Zach and her, the long-standing long relationship. And so then the next week I get like twice as much mail saying, I hate you, your hair, how dare you. <laughs> You so son of a bitch. Today, I walk through airports, and airports are my favorite. That's really my that's my wheelhouse. If the world comes to an end, I'm going to just move to an airport because <laughs> I go. And all the dudes who are working the, the, the fast food joints and whatnot, they're all like, yo, you kissed Kelly Kapowski. And I'm like, yeah, word. I put my hand up in the black power fist, and I keep walking. <laughs> um, and the girls who oh, see me are like, oh, oh. You're Professor Lasky. So they get excited because they first had a crush. And then it immediately, like like a turd in the south, they go, oh, oh, you're Professor Lasky. And I'm like, I get it. Yes, I violated everything. Sorry. <laughs> That's fantastic. I'm so glad I brought that up now. <laughs> That's oh, yeah, why. Absolutely. And you know, who, who, who is it? Is that intern, a young lady or a young man? Uh, it was a young man. The young man. Will you tell him that uh, even though it's about 25 years old, that kiss is better than any kiss he's ever going to have in his life. <laughs> how does he know? How does an intern know about a show 25 years ago? Well, you know what? Because TNT and TBS reran it in like two hour blocks. Oh, that's right. Um, for about 20 years. Yeah, that's so cool. there, there was this wave every, I always called it like an entry level um, sitcom. Because when you're like 11, 12, and 13, or 14, these are all safe um, archetypes in a very sort of safe thing. Like your mom would let you watch it because they'd make fun of Screech, but they'd eventually say, you're our friend. Right. It was kind of sexual, mm -hmm. but nothing ever really happened. <laughs> so, right. You know what I mean? So it was something that like a 12-year-old could own as their show, as their own adult show. And I used to call it the, the, uh, the bag of chips show. You'd come home from school and you'd open up a bag of potato chips and you'd watch two episodes of Saved by the Bell and then you'd mm -hmm. do your thing. <laughs> so consequently, for like 20 years, um, 
everybody who was turning 12 would see Tiffany and be like, well, that's cute. Or they'd see Paul, like Paul Gosser and go, that's cute. I mean, the only weird thing is that Mario Lopez literally hasn't changed. He's exactly the same <laughs> as he was yes. back in 1992. He's a wax mannequin. Yeah. He's a wax mannequin. <laughs> Tell you what, you can outcrunch you and me. When the Holocaust, oh. I mean, when, when the apocalypse comes, he'll be doing crunches and you'll all be beaten. <laughs> Very true. Very true. Well, uh, uh, Patrick, it's an absolute honor to have you on. Uh, uh, I, I guess this will be uh, it's all good, man. On it's all good, man, and we're looking forward to have you on the Nothing Important podcast. And uh, real quick, Dave and I uh, were actually throwing around the idea of starting a podcast with you called uh, Gib Gab with the P Fab. <laughs> I tell you what, you get an appropriate logo, I'm on board. <laughs> all right, well, I'm gonna, gonna, like I'm a gonna fire show. up. My- once a month, we'll, we'll do that with PFAB. <laughs> I'll, I'll fire up my MS Paint skills shortly. <laughs> and, uh, Let me know what you got, man. <laughs> all right, Patrick Fabian, thank you so much. All right, thank you, Jets. I'll see you later in the season, all right? Thanks, Patrick. Yes, sir, we'll talk to you soon. <laughs> all right, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. So, okay, so years ago when my wife and I had uh we lived in florida in this uh nice condo in one of these like gated community type deals and we lived down there and um and we were sleeping and i started dreaming i have this reoccurring dream that i have all the goddamn time where i'm on the same red roller coaster and uh you know it's it's typical it goes up the hill and as it starts to apex the roller coaster track cuts out and i fall right typical falling dream Mm-hmm. When, okay. when I was younger, I like I specifically remember the moment that I learned that I could dream lucidly, where I could kind of control the dream. I was having this weird dream about monsters, and they were chasing me. And I actually said to myself in the dream, "This is just a dream. I could do whatever I want." And then I got a gun and started shooting the monsters. <laughs> I was like, I was like All seven right, years, I was like seven years old. But ever since then, like I, I understand. Like when I'm dreaming a lot of times. Just so right? you know, so this I, is the plot of a Nightmare on Elm Street movie. You, this is okay, the exact well, plot. Then, well, <laughs> then I, I don't die in this one, though. But <laughs> um, so I'm falling off the roller coaster and uh, I realize I'm dreaming. And I say to myself, hey, you know what? I'm just going to see how far I can fall. <laughs> like, cause you get that falling sensation and I knew I was dreaming. So there was no immediate danger. Uh-huh. So, uh, I'm just going to see how far I could fall into the void of nothingness. Now in real time, I don't know how long it was cause the way dreams work, it was probably all of five seconds, but in dream time, it felt like forever. Like just, just keep tunneling down. Just, just keep falling. And eventually I get sick of it. Right. So I'm like, okay, uh, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm going to wake up now, except I didn't wake up. And I kept in my dream telling myself, like, wake up, wake up. Like, Brian, you got to wake up. And then in my dream, as I'm doing all this, I'm like, oh, shit, I can't wake up. So now I'm even aware of, like, the outside world. I can hear my wife uh, breathing next to me as she sleeps. I can hear the wind Outside the window, like uh, blowing over the lake that was just outside of our apartment, I could hear the hum of the air conditioner, uh, all the noises in our house. At the time, we had sugar gliders as pets. I could hear them like banging around on all their little toys in their cage. 
And I, I, in my head, I'm like, God damn it. Like, wake up. <laughs> like, holy shit. I can't believe I can't wake up. So I'm like trying to rationalize stuff. And I'm like, well, just move your arm. But I couldn't move my arm. And it was your like, big well, toe. Your mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It was very kill bill. Like, I, and I'm, I'm sitting there and nothing's happening. So I actually, in a weird way, like start to panic because it was like this weird thing of like, not only am I powerless, but now I'm actually in a weird way starting to get uh, claustrophobic. You know? Yep. Uh-huh. And just keep uh-huh. feeling more more like caved in, caved in. So like I, I I keep thinking like, God, you gotta make a noise, you gotta make a noise. So I start yelling um my wife's name, trying to get her attention to wake me up. <laughs> but obviously nothing's happening. And I'm just screaming and screaming and screaming. And eventually I do wake up right as I'm yelling my wife's name scare the shit out of my wife because this is like at three in the morning. She jumps out of bed and thinks that somebody's breaking into our apartment or something. And I'm actually sweating it kind of out of breath. And she's like, Oh my God, are you okay? And I had to try to explain to her what was going on. <laughs> you know, I'm like, I had that weird roller coaster dream, but I couldn't wake up, but I could hear you, but like I couldn't move. And uh, since then I've had sleep, paralysis not not as that intense but like a couple times where it's weird you can hear somebody talking to you or in the room and you want to respond but your your body is just not allowing you to do so huh so that yeah that that was my first experience with sleep paralysis and it happened to piggyback off a lucid dream when i'm already dreaming vividly from a reoccurring dream where i fall it was it was crazy intense that's weird and uh, that is why i don't do drugs <laughs> <laughs> Because we have friends, we have mutual friends, all of us, who like yearly uh, will go out camping in the desert and they'll do shrooms and look at the sky and, and whatever shenanigans happen. Uh-huh. And um, I always tell them, uh, I can't do that because <laughs> if if I go do shrooms in the desert and I'm looking at, have you ever seen in person a desert night sky, what it looks like? I've seen uh the mountains, the Rockies of New Mexico, I've seen the night sky and it is fucking incredible. Right. So I imagine that if, if I did hallucinogenic drugs and I was in the middle of the desert and I saw that I would die, I would just die. Like <laughs> You would die. <laughs> you the just, beauty would kill you. You would become one with the stars. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I, would, I would send myself back to nature from whence it came. Like in my head, it would probably, <laughs> in my head at that moment, I would probably think something dumb like, you know what? Cactuses and coyotes live out here okay. I bet I can live out here okay, too. <laughs> and then I'd probably go off to find a cave and then just boil in the sun and die. If a rattlesnake didn't get you first. I scared of no rest. There's a snake rats. in my boots. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing I do weird about dreaming is, um, is, is when I'm in between the wake stage and the sleep stage, I do a lot of fucked up things. And one of them is mimicking the motions in my dream. Like I've dreamt that I was pitching in a baseball game and I threw myself off the couch. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought, or, I'll, or I'll wake up and I'll make a really surreal noise and wake up to it. And I'm not even sure if I made it in my dream or in reality. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, I, I sometimes catch myself making a surreal noise or speaking out loud when I'm, when I'm daydreaming. Have you ever done that, Jeff? Yeah, I do. Actually, I do that all the time. Um, I'm sitting and just thinking to myself about something, mm-hmm. and I'll realize that for the past two minutes, I've just been mouthing words or mm-hmm. like whispering to myself while my coworkers are staring at me. 
<laughs> yeah, so that happens. Um, and then uh, on the, the dream tip, uh, I have... I seem to not be able to fully wake up sometimes or it, you know, when you're just sitting on a, in a chair or laying on the couch or something, you kind of are falling asleep, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. you're not quite asleep yet. Well, f- for me, that becomes, that's my lucid state. So I, I have honestly thought I've gotten up and like gone to the refrigerator and grabbed something, you know, came back, had a conversation, but the whole time I was just asleep in the chair and then I get the falling feeling and wake up. Weird. <laughs> or it happens backwards, like I'm dreaming, and then the alarm goes off. Huh. So I hit the alarm, and you know, in my head, I, in as far as I know, I've gotten up and I've walked around, gotten like, you know, sweatpants on or something, went to the mm-hmm. bathroom, and it turns, and then the alarm goes off again because I haven't actually moved. <laughs> <laughs> I always think it's a. Uh, you guys know me, and uh, Jeff, I know you feel like unnecessary cuss words for no reason are, are usually pretty funny. Like, especially when usually. it's like inappropriately placed in dumb things like, like songs or something, right? Yes. And uh, sometimes I'll just be like singing a song in my head, and uh, like just whatever, like whatever the melody is. And in my head, just to amuse myself, I'll be like, motherfucker. But I'll accidentally say that out loud. <laughs> And like people at like like on the uh, I accidentally did it the other day on the train on the way to work like I was just in there just kind of uh, amusing myself because my train ride until we move into our new house is like fucking an hour and a half long mm-hmm. so I'm just in there bobbing the music and I'm just like do 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 motherfucker and <laughs> everybody in the train just stops and like looks at me and what do you do at that point you know like I I just always tend to double down I'm like I meant it. <laughs> yep, exactly. <laughs> because you, some, for some reason, look less crazy if you double down right. than if you try to explain that you accidentally spoke out loud because you were amusing yourself by being immature and adding cuss words into pop songs. <laughs> <laughs> Very Dan Band of you, my friend. Well, I think that's why Dan Band had a bit of a. Well, I guess they have success now, but I think that's why that that part of um of uh. Old school. What, what movie was it? What movie was it, was, it from? Isn't a few. Old school. Is old school, and I think uh, old school was the first one that had a total eclipse of the heart. Yeah, yeah. So I think the reason why that that became such a big deal is because um, people, you know, have been doing that forever, and then it was just great to see it <laughs> to see somebody in the movies doing it, and everybody could instantly relate. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, and he's in he's in a commercial now, so you know he's he's, he's doing it. <laughs> he's still getting paid mm-hmm. from it. Yeah. Plus, it's just it's just genius to take a song like "Total Eclipse of the Heart" and add uh, harsh cuss words in it at a wedding. I mean that that was pretty good. But then there's the example of taking it too far, and you have my dick dot bandcamp. Your what? My dick dot bandcamp. <laughs> it's an entire album where the lyrics to all the songs is just my dick. Or oh my, yeah, or or yes. parts of the lyrics will be changed to my dick. So like my dick is on my list, you know. <laughs> yeah, uh, Hall and o- the Hall and Oates classic. Yeah, then there's a Spin Doctors classic, two dicks. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's pretty fun. Oh, that's so that's so immature. It's awesome. It's, like even at like 36 years old, immature stuff never ceases to amaze me. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like it, it always cracks me up. Uh, so, gentlemen, thank you so much for uh, chatting with me today on the Nothing Important Podcast. I 
have to get back to work. Uh, Dave, you have uh, what, what do you got going on today, Dave? I got. I have to. <laughs> I'm picking my friend up from the airport. He's flying in from France on United. <laughs> Insert joke here. Ooh. And then uh, I got a session in band practice. Nice, nice. Yes, nice. yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Jeff, what are you doing? Uh, I'm supposed to have been working this whole time. So <laughs> I'm uh, make, moving the mouse to make it look like I'm active on the things that I'm doing. <laughs> and uh, yes, and then I have to look through probably about a thousand Excel spreadsheets. Nice. <laughs> well, awesome. That's a perfect illustration that I wanted because uh, I like to think that some people are wasting their time at work listening to us. <laughs> and then it yes. just comes full circle that we are wasting our time at work making this podcast. There you go. <laughs> and I'm proud to do it. Proud to do it, damn it. <laughs> Be sure to follow Nothing Important online at nothingimportantpodcast.com. Find us on iTunes, on Twitter at NotImportantPC, and you can also find us on Facebook. Nothing Important is recorded with help from Third City Sound in Joliet, Illinois. Thanks for being awesome.